So, yeah, I started my uh, my job this week. Hell yeah. How was it? It was, it was actually pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> because, so, I was like, oh, shit, what did I sign up for? So, I got to actually go in person to meet my boss to, like, get my computer and phone and stuff. And so, I got to work in um, the building for a couple of hours. But then, ever since then, she's like, all right, well... I might see you in person in July, but, like, chances are, like, that's just going to be a soft opening and we're going to have more of a back to normal in, like, September. So she's like, I'll see you on Zoom from here on out. And so I was like, okay. Um, And they, in the department that I work in, they host this big um, sustainability conference this week. And so my boss was, like, really preoccupied with that. And so she's like yeah, I want you to just go to the conference and then just read some files that are on the shared drive. And then next week we'll have more of a like solid plan of like getting into your training and stuff. And so I did a lot of um, just conference watching, which was interesting, but just, you know, those conferences went from like 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And I had to do it for three days straight. And so I was just like, ugh, I am sick of this. And Zoom conferences Um, are kind of awful, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. But. Exactly. Yeah. I did watch one that got a little spicy. It was um, <laughs> it was about um, it kind of like an environmental justice topic, and it was about talking in plain language when using like you know government doc like when you're doing like public announcements, inviting publics uh to come to like meetings and mm-hmm. stuff. And they're kind of talking about like, hey, yeah, the way that this is just set up, it's so uninviting to people that uh, just people in general, pretty much, but especially people that are uh, don't necessarily have the same education as other people, especially when they're using like more complex terminology that's unnecessary when they're like kind of wording is all weird and shit, Mm -hmm. just like a bunch of things that were wrong. And they like let this woman, I don't know what her position was. She was some kind of advocate, but I don't know what like agency she was with. She was definitely like personally motivated Mm -hmm. but literally the introduction she shat all over eagle she's like yeah i think that um (laughs) this is really an insult that this is just now being talked about by eagle and that um you know they say that they're trying but they're doing it in a lot of superficial ways and yeah this is a start but it's not enough and we need to be doing more and we need to be seeing this more and like she just kind of went off about how like you know it's still not right and just hosting this conference Mm -hmm. isn't gonna like you know it's a start but it's not gonna make that changing the rule book which like needs to happen and I was like, I can't believe they're, like, this is an Eagle-sanctioned event and that they're, like, okay with her doing this. I was like, yeah, like, someone needs to say it. But I was like, I can't believe the, the Eagle people are were, like, and they just kind of, like, took it. They're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, you guys are so awkward. So, and you so, can't really argue with the public, especially yeah. in a public forum. It's It doesn't look yeah. good. <laughs> Exactly, especially when you're talking about how we need to get more public people invited into public forums, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, it was, uh, but she was, like, she was, like, a 
formal speaker on the conference. She wasn't just like a commentator oh. too. So it was like, yeah. So that's why I was kind of like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Nice. She was Good real her. salty about it. I see. I yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like everyone in the comment section was like, yes, thank you for saying it so frankly. And I was like, yeah, this is the right space to do it in if you're going to do it in the space. Yeah. But uh yeah so that was the only kind of spicy thing that happened it wasn't even that spicy so (laughs) that's all i have like that's the little bit of drama that i have in my life right now yeah um (laughs) here uh you know how i had my downstairs neighbor and the neighbor that i share like the majority of my walls with they had moved out yes and now i have new tenants um, which has been Ooh. interesting, and also, like, I can already hear them doing things through the recording, <gasps> like, no. somebody's doing laundry, no. and, yeah, and I'm sure the people next to me should be waking up probably pretty soon. They were up real fucking late last night, banging, oh, Jesus. banging cupboards, not, like, banging each other, probably. I know, I thought that was just period. <laughs> <laughs> well, earlier, when you were talking about the lady who shat all over Eagle. Like, I thought, I thought you were talking about she literally, like, took a shit for a second there, and I'm like, oh no, you don't mean literally shit. That would have been way more interesting I know, than I what I like, said. I was like, holy shit, that's spicy. How could you not tell me that? But, uh, clearly that wasn't the case. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. But these people were up until, like, 3.34 in the morning or later than that. Like, just so loud. They were, like, I don't know, doing something in the kitchen. Because I kept hearing the cupboard doors, like, open and closing really loud. Yeah. No, it was just... It was a night. But, um, in other news, I learned something that, uh, that might be useful to you. And, uh, you might find it pretty entertaining. So, out here, there's a lot of, like, farms, um around town so like people Mm -hmm. who have farms tend to have uh like dogs on their farm big dogs to help like Mm -hmm. you know do whatever protect the farm and uh anna and i were out sitting on the balcony and these two dogs started running like uh across the parking lot from a field somewhere and they were just having fun playing, doing whatever, just <laughs> being real cute. But we didn't want them to get hit. And Anna, yeah. who has grown up on a farm, um, just started yelling, go home to the dogs. Just screaming, go home. She just repeated it several times. And the dogs literally just turned around and went right back home. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's insane. Huh. Yeah, I've never tried that strategy before. <laughs> I always say, come to me! <laughs> I know. So, I was huh. thinking maybe you could use that sometime and see if it works. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to try that, because that is, uh, that would be a, a good, it would save me a lot <laughs> if it worked. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. <sighs> But. Oh God! Well, I'm I'm glad that uh, she knew what to do in that situation and that they got home safely. Yeah, we watched them actually go to. We could see the house that they came from from where we were sitting. Aww. So we saw them go home and make it all the way home. <laughs> they, they followed the directions well. <laughs> yep. So. 
That was fun. Oh, really? Huh. Oh, wow. I hear water running, maybe. Oh, oh. no. I hope this isn't going to be a consistent problem. When did they move in? Um, like a couple weeks ago. But the oh, people... okay. They're, I mean, they're really just getting settled in at this point, I guess. Is yeah. More. And we yeah, so that's yeah. why you're here in. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was last week in a holiday weekend. Or was that the weekend before? Yeah. Last weekend was a holiday weekend. Yeah. So now I don't think anybody was here that weekend. Yeah. But. But now you're stuck with them in all of their sounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, but they might have been getting pretty annoyed with you with all the explosions coming from your TV when you were watching this film that we're about to talk about. <laughs> So I'm Jesse and I'm Aaron and we're the Cage Queens. Okay, that's just about the most awful thing I've ever seen. I wonder is Alcatraz actually referred to as The Rock? Or is that just a thing they made up for this movie? Yeah, I tried to look it up and it kind of looked like it was just a thing made for this movie cuz the only thing I was like finding when I was searching The Rock Prison like was this movie. So, okay. Cool. Yeah, I didn't... Uh, yeah, so I... I don't know. I felt like... I thought the Alcatraz pr- prison was just called Alcatraz. That's what I thought, also. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> maybe we're just not hip to the prison lingo? <laughs> I guess not. Oh. Yeah, so if... I guess if it's not clear, the movie that we watched this <laughs> week was The Rock. Mm-hmm. And... It was released in 1996, and pretty much what it's about is this former military general who has kind of been in um, a lot of um, combat situations, yeah, that he is getting fed up with the government not paying benefits to the servicemen that kind of died in those covert operations, and so he goes into this last resort where he and a group of his, like, dedicated followers take, they steal chemical weapons from um, a military base, and then they go to the island of Alcatraz, where at that point it was a tourist destination, and they um, take a bunch of hostages, and then they aim these chemical weapons at San Francisco and call the government and say, hey, you have this much time to get money to those families of those fallen men or else we're gonna, you know, blow up this city and cause them to die with all of this chemical warfare or whatever. And Nick comes in because he is a biochemist with the FBI and he's kind of meant into kind of diffuse the whole chemical situation. And so there's kind of just this back and forth between the, uh, I guess, bad guys on the Alcatraz and then the government trying to de-escalate the situation. Um, And it was a Michael Bay film, so there was a ton. Every chance that he got to, you know, implement an explosion or fire or some kind (laughs) of, like, you know, boom situation, he's like, yes, we're going to take this. Yeah, so... it's actually Michael Bay's second feature film that he ever directed. Oh, um, wow. I know, but it has that Michael Bay jizz stink, like, all over it. It's so disgusting. <laughs> so does. It's so gross. <laughs> like, oh, man. 
<laughs> I'm not a Michael Bay fan, but like, holy fuck. Like, I can tell, you can tell when you see like a Michael Bay movie. You just know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and this uh, movie too was, I was trying to look up how much it costs for him to do all of these explosions. Mm-hmm. And this movie had a $75 million budget. So it's like, yeah. damn. But I think it's also maybe the first movie that Nick was in that actually turned a profit. Surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like one of his higher um, reviewed movies. And yeah. so, but he didn't play the character that we normally see him in. He kind of played this, he played a doctor in, um, you know, biochemistry. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of portrayed as a, as a weenie in like a, a, a wimp in the FBI because he was like a lab rat compared to, you know, the people that are the field agents or whatever. Yeah. He's also so. a beetle maniac. So self-proclaimed. Oh. <laughs> I know, he had all these, like, little insights that made him quirky. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Nick is, I mean, he's our main character, uh, Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah. <laughs> but the main character that they make a big deal about would be Sean Connery, who plays uh, John Patrick Mason, who's, like, a criminal mm-hmm. um, that they bring in later. But, like, did you see in the intro credits that Michael Bean was in this movie. He played no? Joe. He played Joe when we in Deadfall, the guy that does the bad narration, the main character of Deadfall. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I, just I didn't reco- even notice him. I recognize the name because I made such a big deal about how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> that's right, that's yeah. right. And so I saw it in the intro credits, and I was like, what the fuck? I didn't realize he was in this. Um, but yeah, he plays a minor character, but that was exciting for me. Um, and then (laughs) just briefly, yeah. And then Ed Harris is the other main character who plays the, plays General Hummel, who's, who's the one that goes, um, crazy with the, the military weapons and is taking all those people hostage. Yes. And one thing that I hate, so the intro was very confusing because it was just like this long drawn out situation well for one there was like helicopters in the background so you know to to kind of set the tone Mm -hmm. but then there was also like a funeral going on in the background um and then it finally gets to the point where it shows like who died Mm -hmm. and it was general hummel's wife and we know it was his wife because it was engraved on her fucking headstone. And I was like, wow, that's all she was. It's just his wife. That's what she's going to go down for in her life. And I was like, this was so, like, bad that yeah. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah, the I don't possessive, like this. his wife, uh, that's all, yeah. all she ever was. Yeah, I didn't like exactly. that Exactly. Uh, I'm like, ooh, yeah. setting the tone wrong for me. <laughs> he, he, like, tells her headstone that he's he's about to do some crazy shit that yeah. um, he probably won't be forgiven for or whatever, but uh, he and his gang break into the, the military thing and get the weapons, but they only get um, f- 15 of the 16 that he wanted. Because one mm. of the dumbasses knocked knocked oh, one yeah. over, and one of the little gas balls shattered, and that's when we get to see like how dangerous this shit really is, because it like mm-hmm. eats him alive, and um, 
in like a matter of seconds. Yeah, the gas balls were just like bright green like anal beads that were like (laughs) string together like they were they were really weird (laughs) but yeah that shit uh they fucked him up pretty good yeah um so it broke so easily in that chamber and then uh not to jump ahead yeah but later in the movie when those beads are loose again like yeah they are rolling all the fuck over and nothing's <laughs> breaking and i'm like this seems a little yeah. wrong but okay yeah exactly first of all it's because i'm a beetle maniac i guess we find out that nick's role is um you know he's elaborate in the fbi and kind of one of the opening scenes with him is that uh, they have they find kind of this suspect package where they have to kind of, you know, go in with their little safety suits in like a chamber to inspect it because they kind of suspect that it's uh, some kind of like terrorist thing or whatever. And then um, as soon as they open the package... Um, gas erupts. And then there's a bomb going on. And then... Everything, like, their whole operation, like, they couldn't figure out how to, like, get the gas out of there quick enough. They couldn't get the water on to, like, you know, get the gas out. And then the bomb, of course, was going to go off in, like, a minute. And so it's just, and then the other guy in the, like, uh, chamber with Nick was freaking out because his gloves were melting because of the gas. And no one under that situation was, like, cool and calm and collective besides Nick Mm -hmm. because he, you know, self-proclaimed that, he works well under pressure, and so he's the only one that's very, um, um, is able to handle everything, and, um, you know, he obviously disarms the bomb in the last second, and he doesn't, you know, get exposed to the gas long enough to have to use the, 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 uh, what's it called, the atrophy or entropy? It was, it started with an A, and I don't fucking know what it was called, but the big old needle that he's supposed to, like, stab into his heart to, like, save his life, he refuses to do it, um, because he knows he can do do his fucking shit and win, or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, and so that's when we found out that Nick's the best in Mm -hmm. his field. Um, but he but yeah. he takes the rest of the day off after that, understandably, mm-hmm. um, and goes home and listens to uh, his new Beatles record that he got. Uh, yeah. He spent six hundred dollars on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he just have a little much expendable cash. Uh, yeah. but he's chilling at home naked, um, <laughs> with his guitar, listening to this Beatles album, and uh, before. I go too far when I was looking at the trivia, which I had to just control F cage to get the, yeah, the trivia I wanted because there were so many little damn things that I didn't give a shit about. But um, according to Michael Bay, uh, Nick just wanted to show off his body. And so that's the only reason they put him or that's the only reason they let him be naked. But uh, Nick Cage says he wanted to establish that the character was at home. Uh, yeah, I thought yeah. he was just we having all a crisis. Know it's the former, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just had to take his clothes off and calm down. <laughs> exactly. Like you know, some people just when they break, they take all their clothes off. So I just kind of yeah. assumed that's what yeah. was happening. But yeah, I honestly didn't know he was naked. I just saw that his shirt was off. I didn't see his pants were off. Oh uh, but... yeah, he he was he was naked. I guess. Um, that's, that's a weird thing. Yeah, <laughs> but his 
girlfriend comes home and uh, asks him how his day was or whatever, and he just unloads on her and talks about how, like, bringing a child into this world would be an act of cruelty, and he's just, like, (laughs) totally, like, in it. Um, And she's just like, oh, well, I'm three weeks pregnant, (laughs) so, uh, like, everything just kind of flips for him and he doesn't know how to react, and then she proposes to him? Yeah, she just gets everything out there, puts a lot of pressure on Nick in the moment after Mm -hmm. he's just had this insane day. And so, um, yeah, he's a little bit overwhelmed in that situation. Yeah, and we don't get to see his actual reaction because it cuts to a different scene, like, literally right after that. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the, the scene is pretty much just how we find out that what Hummel is demanding his money for, which oh, yeah. we kind of go over. But then it cuts back to Nick, and he's fucking. He's back on the grind, <laughs> yep. you know? <laughs> yep. He, he's okay with the situation now. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I still got it. And I'm like, yeah, here we get to see Nick again. And he's, uh, he's like, oh, he's listening to, like, Rocket Man or something mm-hmm. in the background or something. I don't yep. know, it's stupid. And then he gets a call from Oh, they're also his... fucking on the balcony outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Living large. (laughs) But yeah. Um, Yeah. But his, yeah, he gets interrupted um, by his boss and says, like, hey, you gotta come to work. And at that point, he doesn't really know what it's for. Um, And then, you know, he later finds out that he is being recruited to be the, I guess, chemical expert in this situation to find out more about the weapons that they're using and how he can be a part of making sure that they don't get released. Mm-hmm. Mr. Michael Bean is uh, the one guy, he's given tactical ops uh, to the government about how to break into the prison when we're waiting for Nick to to arrive. Did you recognize the old dude that was also at the table from um, Kiss of Death, the big Junior Brown character, uh, Nick Cage's dad in the movie? Oh, I, d- I didn't recognize anybody. <laughs> I, rec- I recognize him because he's in a lot of shit that I've seen. But he's actually uh, uncredited in this movie, even though he has, like, a full-ass ooh. line and everything, because it's Philip Baker Hall. And I don't know, there were a lot of people that were uncredited in this movie when I when I went to look it up. Huh. But he plays, like, a chief justice or something, a, like, unnamed character. But he's the one mm-hmm. that suggests that they release Sean Connery to help because he's like a professional escape artist criminal um oh is he is he the one that says like oh he's an old man like i have to get up and he's he's my age and i have to get up three times the night to go piss or whatever yeah that guy (laughs) okay okay yeah yeah i remember him yeah um yeah that was all i had to say about sean connery (laughs) um but i guess his big deal is that he escaped from Alcatraz when he was there mm-hmm. from, like, 1962 to 1963, and he's the only person to ever escape Alcatraz, but I guess it's not reported. His name is nowhere to be found, and so, of course, nobody knows about it because it's a government secret that somebody had ever escaped Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of government secrets in this one, so it's very easy yeah. for them to just make shit up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. And then, so that they they kind of get, I guess, let's 
we can just call him Mason. That's how they referred to him in the movie by his last name. Mm. So they uh, go and get Mason out of his like high security prison cell and, um, you know, bring him into this room where they're trying to convince him to join their um, efforts or whatever. And these qualified field agents aren't, I guess, willing to compromise with this guy. And so Mm -hmm. they can't get him to say yes. And then Nick's on site. And then they're like, hey, why don't you go in and try to talk to him? Oh, I was like, what, what the fuck is this shit? Like, yeah, go get the chemist to talk to this guy. Like, how is a chemist going to know what the fuck to say to get this guy to join your little operation? Like, this is yeah. stupid. But, you know, Nick's awkward, um, his awkwardness and then his, you know, unfamiliarity with how to, like, negotiate things and, um... And in that sense, like, he kind of just agrees to everything that Mason wants. And yeah. then Mason's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And well, and Nick doesn't know anything about this dude either. He doesn't know who he yeah. is. He doesn't know his history or anything like that. So he doesn't know how big of a threat this guy could actually be. Yeah. Um, but uh, because Nick gets him to sign the paper and agree to do it, the FBI decides to actually start meeting the guy's demands. And one of them is to stay in a suite at... Like, was it the Fillmore Hotel? Or it was some fancy hotel. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so um, he gets his wish, and in while he's, like, showering, because part of it is he has to clean himself up, so he's showering, and while he's showering, you see him remove the clothesline from the shower, and then he also orders room service, like, food to be sent to the room. And then... When he gets his hair cut, he suggests that they get that they go outside where underneath the apron that he's wearing, like the bib, he's uh, got that clothesline in his hands and he's doing something with it. We don't really know what he's doing under there. And uh, all the while, like, just chill dude. Um, and the Womack guy is out there on the balcony and so is Nick and the hairdresser and um, (laughs) somehow uh, after the haircut in conversation uh, Mason gets Womack to shake his hand to because he's like doesn't take it he doesn't believe his word or whatever and Mm -hmm. then he lassos the guy's wrist with the clothesline (laughs) throws him over the ledge and um (laughs) All the guards inside the hotel are feasting on the room service yeah. that that Mason got um, everybody. And Nick is the only one that's doing anything about the scene because he's the only one that knows it's happening. Mm-hmm. And he's um, freaking out, trying to calm things down. And uh, da, da, da. does he let go? I can't remember. But the guy, he, he like throws it to a chair and so oh, then right. it like yeah. dangles and then they have to get help to bring him back up. Yeah. And then um, Mason escapes. He uses that moment to uh, get down to the ground floor of the hotel, steal some like a Hummer 
Humvee thing and then Mm -hmm. starts driving through the streets of San Francisco and of course Nick is in hot pursuit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like Nick decides to take it upon himself like, I guess uh, I'll do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll go on a car chase. This is my field of expertise. Yeah, and so Nick steals like a Ferrari or something. And then they go on this wild car chase that literally destroys everything in its path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, Mason's intentionally running into things to try to obscure, like, um, the cops that are following him to try to, like, throw shit in their way and make, you know, a scene so he can get out. And he does end up, like, knocking over a utility pole, which is what stops all the cop cars. But Nick... Uh, being a little further behind, sees this and is able to go around and, like, he drives through a building and out a window yeah. to, like, avoid the situation and he, like, almost catches up with with Mason, but Mason hits a trolley, like a street trolley, um, one of those things that you see all in the San Francisco shows, I don't know what they're actually called, I think they have a name, but <laughs> fuck, doesn't matter. He hits one of those and... Like, the explosion that happens, like, after it hits a whole bunch of cars is ridiculous. Like, that trolley goes, like, up in the air and it, like, floats there (laughs) in the explosion for way too fucking long. And then it crashes into the ground and starts sliding towards Nick. And um, so Nick hops out of the car and steals, like, a motorbike and still is in hot pursuit of Mason. Like, he just, he can't quit. This is his shit. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he follows him to, or he, he doesn't quite know where he's going and he calls like his homeboy at the lab to figure out where Mason might be going and finds out that his next of kin lives in the town, lives in San Francisco. And so he goes to her house and follows her to wherever, uh, Mason was meeting her. Yes. She's here. Bring it to me now. Thank you, Phil. You know what the the stupidest scene was? Hmm. So, like, um, so it's his daughter who is his next of kin, and she's with her friend, and he's, like, approaching those two, and her name is Jade, and and he looks at, because there's a a blonde-headed woman, and there's a brunette, Mm -hmm. or whatever, he looks at the blonde head, and he's like, Jade? (laughs) And, like, Jade just, like, hides behind her friend, and then her friend's like, no, I'm Stephanie. This is Jade. (laughs) reveals her. I was like, oh, my God, that was the stupidest fucking thing. Like, Jade could have just been like, nope, that's me. It was just very awkward. And and then we also... I was going to say, in the scene that follows that is also just awkward and very poorly written. Like, they have, like... (laughs) this little back and forth where they're explaining everything that happened in between like when he left yeah <laughs> like oh exactly. you're the man that i've seen in my mother's photos who just up and left and yada 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 uh-huh. exactly exactly yep they gave us all the background information that we needed to know oh it's so fucking bad <laughs> conveniently so bad yeah yeah, and then Nick's kind of, he's at the scene, but he's kind of, like, you know, just creeping on him mm-hmm. a little bit. And so he finds out that this guy's a, a, a daughter or whatever, and that, you know, he's trying to reconnect with her. And then um, at some point, Jade and Mason are sitting on a bench and just, you know, like, hey, we should 
do this again. Maybe I could see you again, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then the police come up, and she's like, uh, is this for you? Did you break out again? And then Nick chimes in, and he's like, no, he's actually working with us. Like, um, he's helping us with a super secret mission. And she's like, oh. So that hurt, you know. Um, and then the, the Mason's like, wow, thanks for doing that. And mm-hmm. so that's where their friendship starts building. <laughs> yeah, but then Nick's like, what do you say we cut the chit-chat? A-hole! You know, yeah. just kind of turns around and yells at him right after that about uh, how he could have died. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, then uh, then they are getting ready for the mission to pop off. And uh, part of it is they have to swim and go underwater. Um, so they have to use these like little scuba things um, mm-hmm. to get to the island to break in because they're trying not to alert the the people that have taken it hostage and this is actually their the plan b the navy seal plan like the plan a was Mm -hmm. to get that neutralizing agent that could potentially neutralize the the chemical were it to infect an entire city um but they can't get their hands on it for whatever reason and so they they go to plan b and Nick finds out that he's actually going on the mission. He didn't think he was going to. Um, he thought he was just there for the scientific information. But when he finds out he has to go into the field, it literally makes him throw up. So the confidence in this guy is not not very high. Even after yes. the whole fucking like chase scene and nearly dying, you think he would have like some, yeah. you know, balls at this point, but... Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, um, he he's going in, um, and, the, yeah, they use these, they're with a bunch of, like, Navy SEALs, or I think it's Navy SEALs mm-hmm. that, like, take them, because they have, they use their, their, those flipper things underwater, which are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nick, Nick was, like, hyperventilating that whole time, um, going in, um, and then they, like, yeah, they have Mason there, obviously, at that mm-hmm. point, too, and he's, like, trying to tell them like um yeah i'll know how to get back in once i once i get there like that's how i i kind of gauge what i see and what i do and so they find it this like i don't know plumbing system or something that's like underground and um mason kind of leaves leads them through some maneuvers and traps and shit to get into the prison and um the team eventually ends up in the prison and um the marines who are the ones that um took over this area and are doing the threat um they sense that something's wrong and so they go out to check the situation and then they realize that so they sent in another group to try to get rid of them um, and then there's pretty much a standoff, and there's a lot of tension building, and then at some point, everyone just starts shooting everybody. And the, like, entire, like, Navy SEAL group died mm-hmm. besides Nick and Mason, because those two kind of stayed in the tunnel system, whereas everyone else was kind of on the main floor or whatever. Yeah. Um yeah, so the team is very, uh, it, they're practically exterminated, and, um, yeah, it's a very, uh, hopeless situation at that point. It is. Like, the, the bathroom setup, because they, the room was, 
It was a shower room. So that was, I think, actually a trap planted by the Marines that worked because um, they had some dudes in the waiting for them to come up through that, mm-hmm. that space. And um, it's the Marines who actually start shooting because uh, Hummel, he doesn't actually want people to die. Like, that's not mm-hmm. his plan. He just wants the government to give them the money that's due. He doesn't really want to kill anybody. He just wants the threat to be there to make it, make it more um, pertinent and necessary for them to give the money. And so it's one of his men that, like, gets the whole thing popping off because he's sick of waiting. Um, mm-hmm. Like, knocks a rock over and everybody just starts shooting. And yeah. Hummel actually tries to get them to stop, but they don't. Um, so, like, you can see... Like, things are just really turning sideways from that point. And mm-hmm. so Nick and um, Mason take the opportunity to to uh, find an alternative route. And at this point, Mason's like, well, I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And yeah. Nick is just trying to run for his life at this point. Um, but he still has a mission. And they start dropping bombs down there because they... Um, I think they can hear they can hear them arguing in the tunnels. That's right. Yeah. So they can hear them arguing in the tunnels about what they're supposed to do, and so they're dropping uh, propane bombs down the uh, sewers, and so there's more explosions, more Michael Bay shit happening, and <sighs> yeah. And uh, at some point in the at some point in the tunnels in the pipes when they're they're running away from the bombs, Nick tells him what his real job is because at first he yeah. he was not supposed to reveal why they were there um like Mason's only job was just to get them into the prison and uh, so Nick tells him why they're really there and Mason decides to help him with the missiles because he doesn't want the them to launch all these missiles into San Francisco obviously his daughter lives there yeah. so um he decides to finally help, and like they have to get to the morgue where the these warheads are, and they like open up the morgue doors, and there's two dudes in there, and immediately Mason throws a giant knife through a dude's <laughs> neck, like no hesitation, just opens yeah. the door, and whoom, like the dude is fucking yeah. dead, and then the other guy starts shooting, and then there's there's these warheads in there full of this chemical and Nick's freaking out. He's like, don't shoot at the, the missiles. Um, and eventually, uh, Mason kills the other dude by crushing him with some large thing from the ceiling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Nick's very brutal ways to kill those two guys. (laughs) Yeah. And Nick has to start pulling, um, the little, uh, they're, what kind of chips are they? They were, Oh, they're guidance like, chips. Yeah, the guidance chips. So they knew chips. how to get to... Right. Yeah. Yeah, so he starts removing the guidance chips from the missiles, and he removes guidance chips from 12 of them, because there's only 12 of them in the room. So there's three that are still unaccounted for, and also they're running out of time because the bad guys know that... I don't know if you want to call them bad guys. Depends on how you look at this movie, but the ones I know. that are... <laughs> yeah. That have the prison hostage, um, the Marines, so they... Uh, realize that their dudes in the morgue haven't checked in, so they know that there's something up happening, obviously. So Nick is under pressure to get 
<laughs> the rest of these when done. He, yeah, so he gets he does when get them done. he works best. Yeah, yes. and then they have to go find the other ones. Oh, they escape <laughs> to they escape on like a mine cart. I don't fucking know. Like yeah, yeah. After I was like, so there's three rockets unaccounted for, it, and then like they escape on a mine cart. And yeah, very random. Yeah, and like Mason lights a dude on fire and. Uh, Nick finally kills a dude for, like, the first time. Yeah. And, um, I guess, I don't think we said how much time the Marines gave the government initially. So they gave yeah. the government 40 hours, and throughout the movie, uh, we get moments where there, we get, like, the countdown. So, like, at this point in the movie, there's only eight hours left before they launch their missiles. And, um, because this whole operation's gone sideways, the government now wants to do an airstrike on Alcatraz. Um, this is, like, their last-ditch effort to just blow up the fucking prison and kill 83 civilians. And all the Marines that are in there. Yeah, and I was thinking about that, and I'm like, okay, why don't they just give them the money? Because if you think about all of the resources that are spent on an airstrike, like, it's like, it's not gonna be, you're not really saving money, and you're killing a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. and, like, uh, it was just so stupid that, I mean, that was a consideration. They never really said why they weren't even considering giving the money. I don't know if it's because of the, the... the policy they have with negotiating with terrorists or something. I don't yeah. know. But that was one of my com- biggest complaints from the very beginning was when they get that request, um, the f- nobody in the room even mentions just paying the money. They're all like, okay, how yeah. can we like fight this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it could have been solved a lot easier than this, but Hey, would have been a shorter movie and no one would have enjoyed that. Except you and I. <laughs> Glass or plastic? Glass or plastic? Yeah, so we're pretty much at a point where the Marines know that there's still, like, other people at the prison that are out to get them, but they don't know how many. And so Mason and Nick kind of make this agreement, like, he's like, hey, I'll go handle them. You go find the rest of those rockets and remove those chips so that, mm-hmm. you know... We can fix the situation. Yeah. And also, Hummel, um, he knows also that the, the chips are what's missing from these rockets. So he comes yeah. over, like, a PA system or something. Or I don't yeah. remember exactly how he announces this to... Yeah, he figure out... Yeah. yeah, to the general public. He's like, I want these chips back in the next three minutes otherwise i'm going to kill a hostage and so Mm -hmm. that's when they're like we can't let that happen and also we can't (laughs) give him the chips back so so that's when mason goes to hummel and nick goes to the rockets and nick successfully defuses one rocket before yeah. he gets he gets caught, caught. <laughs> yeah, and Mason obviously is right out in the open because he goes right up to Hummel and was like, "You're a fucking idiot," and here's why. Mm-hmm. And um, they both get tossed into cells. Yes, so that's again where we see that Hummel doesn't is not trying to kill people. Like that's not his mission, and that's why they get thrown in cells instead of 
you know, killed. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the Marines that are working under Hummel are starting to get, like, impatient with him. And Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, like, if I weren't under orders to just throw you in prison, like, I definitely would have killed you by now. Um, But, like, obviously, we know that Mason is this very renowned escape artist. And so... You know, while Nick's freaking out in the cell, like, talking about, like, hey, you got us here. Now, you think that the the one thing you could do is figure out how to open a fucking um, prison cell or something like that. And, you know, he's talking about something about Zeus's butthole. <clears throat> how, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of your cell? And apparently that line was, like, impromptu. Like, that was, mm-hmm. that came from his own brain. Yeah, we all know um, how Nick's brain works. Or do we? Yes. <laughs> it's so complex. Yeah. Um, and so, obviously, Mason figures out how to open the jail cells um, and get out. Yeah. And then Mason's, and at that point, you know, they're obviously, they're running out of time and Mason's kind of like, I swore to myself, I wouldn't die on this island, so I'm going to leave. And Nick's like, what are you doing? Like, I guess I'll go do handle the rest of these, like, maniacs with my um, three weeks of training in the field. And, um, you know, like, immediately Nick gets caught. Like, it takes no time at all for Nick to get caught. And then Mason, lo and behold, comes back and saves, saves him life, and decides... Yeah. Yep, yep, he's like, yeah, I'm in this. Let's let's disarm mm-hmm. these last two or whatever. And he didn't, so. well, he didn't want Nick to, or he didn't want Nick's child to grow up without a father, like yes. his daughter did. Like his daughter. Yeah. And so, <gasps> yeah. um, also, somewhere around this point, the president approved an airstrike on Alcatraz, um, so that's yeah. about to pop off, and um, the government ran out of time. So, uh... Hummel launches uh, one of his two missiles that he has, or one of his two rockets, and it's heading straight for a football game that's happening in the city, and right as it's, like, over the stadium, it does, like, um, a quick turn and goes towards the ocean and detonates in the water, um, not affecting anybody except for probably all the ocean life that's in that region. I know. No one considers that impact. No, of course. (laughs) Nobody thinks about the sea creatures. No. Yeah, and so, yeah, his people, now the Marines are like, what the fuck, like, did you just do? Now they think that we're incompetent and, like, no one's going to take us seriously. Um, And so they pretty much... Is this the point where they're pretty much uh, fighting with each other yeah. and they're, like, trying to argue who's who should be in charge because they think that Hummel has lost it and yep. that he's kind of lost sight of the mission? Mm-hmm. And Hummel's like, my mission was never to kill people. My mission was to get, the get them to think that we were and yeah. get the money. Yeah, not act. And then the other Marines were like, well, we want to fucking kill people. <laughs> and, and, you know, they wanted their money because I think they were offered money to be a part of this whole operation. Mm-hmm. And so they turn on each other, and um, Hummel ends up dying by the men that served under him. And then kind of in his last moments, he's like, oh, God, what have I done? And has regrets and dies. Yeah, he tells Nick where, I don't remember why Nick is on at the scene. I think he just sees it happen, or <laughs> yeah. like he's somewhere nearby. He's, yeah. But he 
comes up on the general in his last dying breath and um he tells him where the last rocket is so Mm -hmm. it's at some lighthouse and um so nick starts heading towards the lighthouse and one of the other marines one of the last surviving ones from the shootout (laughs) um uh who it's really stupid but he his the actor's name is Tony Todd, and he he plays one of my favorite Klingons in Star Trek, and so I was kind of oh. excited that he was the last man standing yeah. personally. <laughs> but, but he does get launched out the window with the um, the <laughs> last <laughs> rocket because Nick does end up he, he takes the the anal beads out before before <laughs> he puts the rocket back together, and um, so there's no weapon in it, but. He launches the rocket, like, directly into Tony Todd's chest and launches him out the window, Car- yeah. which I don't see how that doesn't just go through him partly, but I guess it launches yeah. him out the window and throws him onto, like, a spike or, like, a pole or a post or something like that, so he gets impaled. Um, yeah, and then Nick makes, a, like, a very <laughs> insensitive rocket man com- <laughs> comment, and yeah. like, oh, bringing it back. Yep. And, um... <laughs> Then he gets noticed by, like, another bad guy, a sniper on the roof or something like that. And the sniper gets taken out by uh, Mason again, who's now okay and back wherever. I don't know where the fuck he went for a minute, but, like, he's back and uh, saving Nick's ass once again. And Nick is, like, jumping around on the roof or the i don't know what the fuck's happening but he's like jumping around with the beads like i like i said there's (laughs) a loose one that he's got in his hand and he hides the other ones and uh this guy is chasing him and he uh is like on the ground and he the dude's over him and he shoves they're like in a inside a building at this point but they he shoves the Mm -hmm. the anal bead like into the dude's mouth and like makes him chomp down on it and like obviously breaking the the bead and the gas starts going everywhere and so nick like tries to run away as fast as he can and the dude's just it's gross like he's like yeah. uh, getting all bubbly and he's like spewing like goo everywhere and uh nick gets far enough away where he can pull out the big old needle with with whatever yeah. thing is in that and he stabs himself in the chest to save himself finally he does it because he was so against it to begin with but he saves himself and then he like hits the ground um and the airstrike is about to pop off right here and he comes back to life basically (laughs) yeah he he's fine and he finds flares i don't know where he had them he had them on himself because i guess when he completed his mission he was supposed to light the flares to to show mm. that he disar- dis- diffused all the got it. the the fuck the rockets or whatever cuz in there's like a voiceover that happens like he remembers like that he has to light these flares i guess mm. and then he like comes running out of the building with the flares lit and um yeah they still drop a bomb on him <laughs> yeah Oh shit! Oops, too late. <laughs> yep, fucking idiots. And they blow him into the water, and <laughs> he's once again saved by Mason, who fishes him out. Mason, yeah, Mason is just his guardian angel, mm-hmm. man. 
Yep. And so Mason's like, so obviously, then they they have a some kind of radio call from the boys back in the office, and they're like, "Hey, good speed, you there?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Here." And um, so they all know he's okay. And then they're like, Ugh, "What about Mason?" And he's like, "Yeah, he died." Mm-hmm. So it pretty much just gives Mason a, a chance to go live another life, and because he finds out that Mason, we find out the reason why Mason was in uh prison it was because he like there was some top secret files that were held in like a government office that had all of the government secrets on Mm -hmm. them and sometimes he was like a british operative and then he he managed to steal them and so he like knew all the government secrets and so that's kind of why and they didn't give him a trial or anything and so they were kind of he was kind of prison and never got a chance to like defend himself but obviously he knew all this information and so they couldn't let him go and spread the word about mm-hmm. that and so then Nick or uh, Mason and before he leaves he gives him a location that he needs to go to and um Turns out the location was where all of those, uh, the secret files were hidden, and mm-hmm. so. And Nick tells him, like, to take the scuba gear, um, and go back to Nick's hotel room and take, like, his clothes and money, um. Yeah. Because Nick's a generous guy in this one as well. And he, <laughs> he tells him the, the room number, which was room 26, and I guess this is, Nick picked this number, um, because that's the day his son was born. The son that's in a metal band. That one. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's uh, that's the day I was born, too, so me and Nick's son have a lot in common. Oh, speaking <laughs> of birthdays here, um, I always forget this, but uh, Sean Connery and I share a birthday. And I forget really? it every single time. I have to, every time I, like, go to his, like, IMDb, I was like, oh, yeah, we share a birthday. But I'll never remember outside of that. Like, yes, yeah, so well, this forget. is a perfect, yeah, perfect time to tie it in. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Um, um, yeah. I guess so the one fun fact that we didn't touch on. So when Nick um, was out um, flaring at the, <laughs> the bombers to not, um, you know, drop their shit. <laughs> um, apparently, it says that Nicolas Cage took inspiration from Matthew Modine's performance in Birdie when yes. he, there was a bit where he was also holding flares and yelling at Jets. And I was like, bringing it back to our roots. <laughs> yep. God, love it. Love it. Uh, yeah, so that was the best fact for sure. Because yeah. anytime we get to tie it back to Birdie, you I know, know, it's a good one. <laughs> At some point, I'm gonna like end up rewatching Birdie because I've hyped it up so much in my mind. I know, and I'm gonna be so disappointed <laughs> by the actual. Yeah, we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get brought back down. <laughs> yep. I'm a chemical super freak, actually, but I still need a gun. So, how would you rank this on? Our NC movie ranking. I'd put it um, somewhere in the middle to lower portion yeah. there because it was definitely, I think, a movie more for Sean Connery than it was for Nick. Yeah. You know, it's a showcase for yeah. him so he could do all his one liners. And <laughs> I mean, from what I was 
reading in some of the trivia, like, Michael Bay really relied on Sean Connery to really save this movie, because... Yeah. Yeah, because when they were casted, it wasn't fully, like, written yet. Yeah. And so they needed kind of these big names to, like, beef up the script a little bit. Mm -hmm. But... But, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, Hollywood tales and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking it's at least above Firebirds, which was the only other, like, comparable action movie mm-hmm. that I can think of that we watched. There was more happening, um, definitely. I'd say. Yeah, so. I'd put it underneath Kiss of Death for sure. So I'm yeah, thinking, that's kind of where I was thinking, too. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I guess. Is it better than it's the cotton? Right. <laughs> Never on Tuesday. <sighs> I I liked Nick's character in the Cotton Club. He's kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if we put it between the Cotton Club and Never on a Tuesday. Okay. But but Nick was so like not even in Never on a Tuesday that yeah. like that is just a hard one. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so below the Cotton Club, okay. I guess. All right. All right. So that places it at number 16 on our list of It's more like 29. 15, I mean. Yeah. Because. Yeah, if we don't. Don't count the first one. Yeah. Fast times. Well, gee whiz, John, I guess we ought to get going, huh? Our next movie is Con Air, which is one that I have oh. seen, but it's been a really long time, so I probably don't remember it as well as I think I do. So it's an action crime thriller. What's it rated? R. It's rated R. Yeah, that makes sense. They Ooh. play this one on TV a lot, though. Um, okay. It came out in 97. I don't remember if I said that or not, but the little bit here says... Newly paroled ex-con and former U.S. Ranger Cameron Poe finds himself trapped in a prison transport plane when he when the passengers seize control. Oh, the rating is 6.9. 69. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I might have, like, seen clips of this definitely. just, like, kind of playing in the background because it seems like a very generic movie. And I remember that hair, that hairstyle, that long, wavy, kind of, like, Jesus hair that Nick has yes. in this. This might be the longest hair yet that we'll, we'll have seen yeah. him in. And it's yeah. probably a wig. I mean, there's no way it's not a wig, right? Yeah, exactly. He can like barely, that. he can barely grow that little tuft that he has on the top of his head. Yeah. Um. So he's Cameron Poe, the the main character. So, um, I remember actually really liking his character, and okay. John Cusack is also um one of the main characters as Agent Vince Larkin. Was there? Oh, John Malkovich. Um, I don't really know him that well. It's a famous name, but I can't tell you what I've seen him in. Yeah. But he plays Cyrus really... the Virus Grissom. <laughs> That's a fun name. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, this is a famous name. I've seen him before, but yeah. can't tell you what. I know. But I've seen him before. Probably All right, cool. Movies, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like his type. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, Godspeed. Okay. What do you mean? 